Welcome to the Northridge Church Podcast, a weekly rewind of Sunday's talk. Let me add my welcome to you as always, and and for those of you who are joining online, as many of you are, I just want to say uh, welcome to you as well. And so today we're finishing up our our parenting series, and and today's uh, title is What's Next? What's Next? And looking at, at how do we parent those adults? Those adult grown kids. And, and honestly, I'm just going to be upfront. You know, this is, this is a new uh, thing that Tammy and I are walking through right now. I mean, this is kind of a new phase in our life as we have two kids in college, Emily, 23. I, I messed that up first service, so don't, you know, she's going she's gonna to watch that and she's going to get, I'm going to get a text later and say, you said I was 22, I'm 23. I know that, I'm sorry, I messed it up. So I'm, t- I'm confessing that to you guys. Anyway, she's 23, she's finishing college, Evan, he's 20, he's just finished his sophomore year. And, and so for us, this is kind of a, a new phase that we're going through. You know, this is kind of a, a new phase for us. And it's definitely been a learning curve for Tammy and I and for Evan and Emily, as it, as it should be. I mean, all of us are kind of walking through this phase. And I know some of you out there are sitting there going, yeah, just wait. Just wait because it gets better. And I get that. I know. I know. And I don't claim to be an expert on parenting adult kids. But what I want to share with you are just some things that, that I, that Tammy and I are just kind of learning along the way. And so uh, show that. I have a pic I want to get you guys to see. And, and uh, those are my two kiddos, Emily and Evan. And, and uh, gosh, when you, when, you, when you look at your kids at that age, if you have grown kids, you think, wow, where did time go? It just kind of flashed right before our eyes, right? And, and when we think about our kids at this age, we just think that they have so much in store for them. They have the world at their fingertips, right? And we just think to ourselves that, that everything about them is just so perfect, so perfect. And, and we think about them as being life changers or world changers, that they have so much in store for them. And so then we start to mold them and we kind of start to, to form their character and we start to kind of put into practice some of the things that Pastor Tony talked to us about the last couple of weeks. And we, we think about the influences that are going to be around our kids. And, and we kind of get, pick and choose who's going to have the ability or who's going to have that, that privilege of being around our kids. Because we try to protect them for as long as we possibly can, right? And we have to learn to, to discipline our kids, as he talked about last week. And for those of you who have multiple kids, you find out real quick one size doesn't fit all right? I mean, different kids have different personalities. Evan and Emily, two totally different kids when they were small as well as when they were teenagers. Evan, you could look at the boy with a stern look, it was over. I mean, he was in the corner, the timeout was done, and, and it was a done deal. Emily, she was a button pusher. She was a, she was a stretcher a little bit. She kind of liked to push the envelope just a hair. She would occasionally even call us out as parents uh, it's just because that's who, that's who she is, her personality. Uh, one day her and Tammy were driving down the road and Emily was a little sassy, go figure. And uh, that's just kind of, she, she has a way of that. And, uh, and Tammy was talking to her about there are some things that were going to have to be put into place, uh, some privileges maybe taken away if, if things didn't straighten up. And Emily continued to kind of push the envelope a little bit. And, and Tammy said, well, you know, I'll just, let's just, uh, when your dad gets home, we'll talk about this and we'll see what needs to take place. To which my daughter responded, now mind you, she's three or four years old at this point. She says, what's the matter, mom? Can't you handle it yourself? 
To which I was proud of my wife that day. I was proud of my wife that day. She took charge and, and things were handled. So we have to learn to discipline them differently, don't we, right? And believe me, there's all kinds of theories. There's all kinds of books. There's all kinds of models that we can choose from as far as disciplining our kids. And I will tell you that Tammy and I always tried to the best of our ability to, to, to discipline to the standards of God, not to the standards of this world. And so we have to learn to discipline and we, we form them and we mold those perfect little, little kids, right? And we do all we can to influence them that there is a God who is absolutely incredibly in love with them. And we try to point them to, to the person of Jesus Christ all along the way, messing up a little bit here, messing up a little bit there, right? Because there's no perfect parents out there, are there? Is there anyone out there that's a perfect parent? Any perfect parents? I'm not raising my hand because I am. Is there any? There was one last hour, so I was just kind of curious if there was anybody in this hour. But no, there's no perfect parents out there. And then something kind of begins to happen. Around a certain age, somewhere along the way, those perfect little beans become a little bit more self-centered in life. And we begin to hear things like, I don't care. I don't want to do that. Why do I have to do that? And the old, because I told you so, just doesn't work anymore. In fact, it seems to aggravate the situation just a little bit. And they begin to show that they know just a little bit more about subjects than good old dad or mom. And, and that little boy and that little girl, that daughter, that son, who would climb into bed with you at night because they were scared, because they knew, they knew without a shadow of a doubt that you could protect them and you knew exactly what to say to make them feel better. That little girl, that little boy who would come to you with a little owie because they knew you were the one that knew how to fix it, right? That little person who, who was just a sponge that would consume every ounce of information you would throw at them because they would always ask, but why, but why, but why 3,000 times from the house to the grocery store? And as long as you continued to answer it, they would soak it in. All of a sudden, they begin to think, you're not so smart anymore and that you really don't have much to contribute to their wisdom. Did I just describe every 15 to 20 year old ever born, including myself and you, right? I mean, that just, there, there comes an age where things just change. They grow up to a point where they begin to make decisions for themselves, don't they, right? Because that's what we want them to do, right? And sometimes those decisions, they line up with our thinking as parents, but sometimes they don't. Sometimes they make perfect sense, and sometimes you think they're just flipping crazy. Why in the heck would you do that? Why would you think it's right to do that? I don't even get it. I don't understand it. And they begin to make mistakes, right? Because guess what? There's no perfect parent, and guess what? There's no perfect kid either, right? And if you're like me, and others, at times, at times, we sometimes default to this belief, which I will say is a lie, that if we just have really good intentions, if, if we just have good intentions with our teenagers and our adult kids, if we just try really, really, really hard, then they'll just turn out okay. They'll turn out okay, won't they? And we've gone from, if we're not careful, within a few short years to seeing the potential of these beautiful little kids. We see the future at their fingertips. We see that they're going to be life changers. We see everything that God can do in and through them to just hoping that someday they turn out okay if we just try really hard. I mean, I've done all we can do. It's now, you know, I, I can't do any more. And the reality is that our kids can grow up and they can go one of two directions, can't they? They can take a direction to follow God, and they can take a direction to follow the world. 
And if you're sitting here today and you are thinking to yourself, I have absolutely failed as a parent. I've absolutely failed it. My, my kid has fallen off the deep end. You have no idea what my kid's doing. You'd be appalled to know what my kid is doing. And you are just consumed by the guilt of feeling like you're a failure. To you, I say this. The enemy wants you to be destroyed by guilt. That's exactly where he wants you. Because if you are, then your effectiveness as a parent is done. Your effectiveness as a parent is done. You will continue to live defeated and you will continue to parent defeated as well. And that is exactly, that is exactly what the enemy wants you to do. That is exactly where he wants you. Listen to me, never, ever, ever forget that the shortest distance of your child's heart to God is you. The shortest distance of your child's heart to God is you. No one will ever have the influence on your kids that you can. No one will ever have the power to speak into your kids' lives like you do. I don't care how broken the relationship is. I don't care how far that, that child has wandered. I don't care how stupid they think you are. No one will ever, ever, ever have the weight, have the weight in their lives like mama and daddy. No one. Ezekiel 18.20 says this, the one who sins is the one who will die. The child will not share the guilt of the parent, nor will the parent share the guilt of the child. The righteousness of the righteous will be credited to them, and the wickedness of the wicked will be charged against them. In other words, this, do we have a responsibility to raise our kids up to know and love God? Yes, we do. Without a shout out, first and foremost, that is our responsibility as a parent, to raise our kids up to know God and love God. No, no doubt. But, but at some point, we have to remember that they are their own moral person. They are their own moral being. And because we live in a fallen world, they can for themselves make choices to reject the things of God. And that is not your fault. That is not always your fault. So don't be defeated by the guilt that might have been or what could have been. You have a responsibility as a parent to get back in the game. You have a responsibility to continue to parent your kids through that. And maybe some of you out here, you're going, you know what? My kids are in a good place. My adult kids, my, my, they're, they're in a great place. And as far as you can tell, they have life together. And they, they seem to be making good decisions as far as what you can tell, as far as how they line up with yours. And they seem to be making right choices, walking with God in the things that you think are right. Guess what? You have a responsibility too. You too have a responsibility. Your job is not over. Your job is not over. We will always have the responsibility to help our kids navigate through this world, to help our adult kids, whether they are 30, whether they are 25, whether they are 40, whether they are 50, we will always have the responsibility to help our children navigate through this world and continue in the process to point them to Jesus and continue to point them to Jesus. It may look different because they don't live under your roof, but at the same time, we still have that responsibility. I love getting phone calls from Emily when her first words are, Dad, I need some help. I need some advice. It's usually, I need some Pastor John advice. 
you know, or I love, you know, when we're sitting on the couch and we're sitting and eating dinner and, and I can just tell the wheels in Evan's head are just kind of rolling. I can tell he, he wants to talk about something, ask something, but he just hasn't, you doesn't know how to do it. And then eventually it just kind of comes up and say, dad, dad, mom, what do you guys think about this? I love those conversations. I love those conversations. So as Christ followers, I think, I think all of us have the same goal in mind. I think we should. I think we all have a goal with, with, a, with an idea of how we should raise our kids. And, and, and this is some wording. Maybe it's not exactly how you would word it, but maybe that goal should look something like this, that we would have kids that would love God with all their heart, seek God in everything they do, and live for God in all they do that they would, they would love God with all their heart, seek God in everything they do, and that they would live for God in all they do. As they themselves, as adults, as they themselves navigate into this world with their own families, with their own jobs, their own careers, their own hobbies, their own relationships, their own friend groups, in the process of that, would they be able to love God with all their heart, would they seek God in everything they do? And would they live for God in all they do? So what are some things that we can do as parents that can help us as we look to have opportunities to parent our adult children? Because that's what it is at this point, isn't it? It's opportunities. It's, it's opportunities. We have to look for times for opportunities. And we are invited to speak into their lives. When we have those, those opportunities to, 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 to speak, and to, to give our wisdom, whatever that is, into their lives. And so we have to be prepared. We have to be ready for those times. So here's a few things that I'm learning, okay? First is this. Make sure my own heart is turned towards God. I first have to make sure my own heart is turned towards God. You may say, well, that sounds pretty simple and elementary, but it's true. It's complex too at the same time. Psalm 16:8 uh, says this. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. This means that I have a responsibility as a parent, as a dad, to make sure that I seek God in my own life. Am I doing the things that I need to do to grow daily in my relationship with God? For some of us, that means that there's some things that we have to change and we need to change pretty quick. For some of those things, we need to, to, to step back and not just change, but we need to repent of. There's also things in our life that from, from past, now, I, no one raised their hand saying they were a perfect parent, did they? So possibly, just thinking possibly, there's some things from back in our past that we need to allow God to show us and maybe we need to go to our kids, our adult kids and say, you know, I've been thinking about some things over the last couple of days. God's been speaking to me. And you know, I, I need to apologize to you for dot, dot, dot. Not, I just need to apologize to you just for, I don't think I was a good parent or I don't think I was a good dad. Or, no, not vague, but what are those things? What are those things? Are there things that we need to go to our kids and say, hey, I messed up right here. I, there, there's part of my life, I messed up. I'm sorry, you know, I never made church a priority in our life and I'm sorry about that. Would you forgive me for that? Would you forgive me for that? Things like that. Now, I'm not saying that we have to, to have that perfect Christian life or you'll never have that opportunity to speak into your kids. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is that unless we are making an effort in our own lives to grow in our relationship with God, allowing God to transform us and change us from the inside out, 
then how will we have the authority to speak into our own adult children's lives when God gives us that opportunity? When God gives us that opportunity, we can't. We can't if we ourselves are not growing and desiring to know God more and more each day. 1 Peter 3.15, speaking of opportunities, speaking of being prepared for those opportunities when they come our way, 1 Peter 3.15 says, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always, what? Be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you for the reason for the hope you have. But do this with what? With gentleness and respect. But in your hearts, revere the Lord, the Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer. Replace everyone to your kids. Always be prepared to give an answer to your kids who may at some point ask you for the reason of the hope that you have. When we have our hearts turned to God, we will be prepared to give them that advice that they may need and at some point point them into the direction of Jesus or of God as they make those decisions about family and jobs and, and careers and all those things. Again, some of the most precious moments that, that Tammy and I, I think have experienced with our kids is as we have helped them walk through some of the bigger decisions that they've had to make at this point in their life. I mean, they're, again, 23 and 20 years old. It's not like they've had huge decisions, but big decisions for them, college. Should I go to college? Should I transfer colleges? Friend drama, roommate drama? I mean, there's all kinds of things that, that, that our adult kids encounter. And, and being able to be there with them and being able to walk them through that and not just say, hey, I've got an answer for you, but hey, let's, let's pray about this and let's just see what God shows you in this and allow God to kind of work in their life. Some of the greatest, most precious moments have been those times. Making sure that our own heart, my own heart, is turned to God. The second is this, unwavering prayer. I can't tell you enough how important, and, and I know we talk about the importance of prayer all the time, but I cannot tell you enough the importance of praying for your children, continually praying for them as adults. Continue to pray for them as adults. Again, doesn't matter what age. Paul, speaking to a, the church here, uh, gives us a great example, gives us a great example for, some, for what we can pray for our adult kids. And he's talking to the church, and he says, for this reason... Since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. They've not stopped what? They've not stopped praying for you. We continue to ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. So Paul says what? That we should never stop doing what? Answer it. What's he say we should never not doing? Pray. We should never stop praying. Praying. We have to continually to pray for our children. It never stops. Doesn't matter, what, again, what age they are. And Paul says, what do we pray for? What do we pray specifically for? That God would do what? That he would fill you. That God would fill you with what? His knowledge. His knowledge through the wisdom and understanding that comes through who? the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God. This points out so strongly the role of the Spirit of God in our lives and in our kids' lives, the importance of it. So often we forget about the power of the Spirit of God, but part of placing our children 
in the arms of God, when they take that next step of life and move out of your house, part of, the, of us just releasing them to the Lord and letting them move out of what we call, as Tony said last week, our little world into this big world is allowing God's spirit to begin to guide them and direct them. We struggle with this, and here's why. Because all our lives, what have we been doing when they live under our roof? We've been making decisions for them. Why do we do that? Because, you know what, I know more than a five-year-old. I can see farther out than what a five-year-old can see. And so guess what, I'm going to make that decision for them. I know more than a 10-year-old. Guess what, I'm going to make those decisions for them. I'm going to help them make those decisions, but they're going to be based on what I want them to do, right? We're used to making those decisions for them as they grow up in our homes. And then at some point, guess what? You don't have the authority to do that anymore. Why? Because they're grown beings, they're a grown person. It's a grown woman. It's a grown man. And you don't have that authority to do that anymore. And so one thing that we have to remember is that as much as you love your kid, as much as you love your children, God loves them 100 plus times more than you do. And we have to continually pray that God, through who? Through the Spirit will guide them and give them knowledge and understanding. And here's why Paul says in verse 10, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. It kind of sounds a little bit like our goal that we set in mind, isn't it? To see them love God with all their heart, to seek God in everything they do and to live for God in, in all they do. Unwavering prayer. God, would you fill them with your knowledge? God, would you fill them with your knowledge, your wisdom and understanding through who? Through your spirit. Why? So that they can live a life that is pleasing to you, that is pleasing to you. So unwavering prayer. So first, again, point our hearts to Jesus or point our hearts to God. Unwavering prayer. The third thing is this, unending patience and grace. Galatians 6, 9 says this, let us not become weary of doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Now, for whatever reason, maybe this speaks a little bit more to, to, to the parent, maybe that their child is kind of walking this way, right? For whatever reason, you know, that, that maybe, maybe they were raised in church, they know God, they, 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 they maybe at one point even accepted Christ as their Savior, but for whatever reason, and the circumstances don't matter of why or why not, they, why or why not, but at some point, for whatever reason, they've decided to reject the things of God, to reject the thing of Jesus. And Paul says, listen, don't grow weary. Don't grow weary. Don't give up on your kids. Never, ever give up. Never stop believing. Never keep, never stop looking for opportunities to speak into your, your kid's life. I think of the story of the prodigal son, and we're not going to read that, but if you want to go back and read it, it's in Luke 15. And Jesus gives three stories about things that were lost and found. In the last story, he talks about a, a man who had two sons, and, and the older son comes to his, his dad and says, listen, I'm done. I'm done living here. I'm done with you. I'm done with this family. I want my stuff, and I'm gone. And so the, the dad says, okay, and he gives him everything he ever would have coming to his inheritance. And the kid leaves, he goes, and, and you guys are probably familiar with this story. He squanders it all. And he, he lives a, a high life and he squanders it all. And he finds himself, he wakes up face deep in a pigsty. And he comes to his senses. Maybe it's his senses. Maybe it was because 
The father continued to pray that the spirit of God would speak to him. But he comes to his senses either way, and he says, you know what, I've sinned against, uh, my, I've sinned against God, I've sinned against my father, and I just need to go home. And so he gets up, and he starts his journey home. And this is what scripture says. It says that while the boy was a long ways off, the father saw him. Now it speaks volumes. The father saw him. Why did the father see him? Because he was waiting. He was waiting. He was waiting. He was waiting. He, some, one day he's going to come. One day he's going to come. The dad never gave up on his son. And when he saw him a long way off, he ran, he ran, and he ran, and he grabbed him and he embraced him. The father never gave up. Neither should we on our sons and our daughters. Let us not become weary. Let us not become weary, for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. The fourth thing is this. Unconditional love. Unconditional love. Listen, we just have to simply model for our kids what our heavenly father models to us every single day. Every single day. Always model for them through the good times and through the bad times, the love of the heavenly father. Just as there are times when your heavenly father is smiling down on you and he is so proud of you, so proud of me because our obedience, there are times when we break his heart. There are times based on decisions we make, actions we do, disobedience in our life that we absolutely break his heart. But in all of that, his love never changes. His love for us never changes. And neither should ours when it comes to our kids. Doesn't matter what decisions they make. Doesn't matter if you agree with them or not. His love remains the same. You want a role model on parenting, period? Just parenting any kid? How to love your kids? It's the model of our Heavenly Father. 1 John 3, 1 says this, and just listen to this verse. See what kind of love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God. And so we are, and so we are. Because we are children of God, we see and experience God's unconditional love every, every single day. Let that motivate us. Let that motivate us with our, with our children, with our adult kids. Let that flow through us as we parent them. So we have to make sure our heart is right. Our own heart is right. Never, ever stop praying. Praying for God's wisdom and understanding. Allow the Spirit of God to speak to our kids. Would it be the, the thing that, that, that motivates them? Would it be the, the, the thing that, that drives them so that they can live a life pleasing to God? Don't give up. Doesn't matter where your kid is, don't give up. Never give up and always model his love. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, just thank you so much for today. Thank you, Father God, for the privilege of being a parent. And God, we just, we just thank you that we uh, have the privilege to, to continue to parent, even when they're outside of our, our house. And God, for, for many of us who, who have uh, adult kids, Father God, would you, just, <laughs> would you allow us, Father God, to be true? Would you allow us, Father God, to be honest with ourselves? And, and Father God, would we look to turn our hearts to you? And, and God, would, would you put in us a, 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 a desire 
just to continually pray and look for opportunities for our kids? More than that, God, would you yourself, would your spirit speak to our kids? Would you be the one that guides them and directs them? You, you know far more about life than we could ever know. And God, just thank you for never stopping loving us and never giving up on us. And for that, we say thank you. God, again today, we just thank you for a time to worship. We thank you for a time to come together. God, would you just uh, watch over and care for us at this point? In Christ's name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Northridge Church Podcast. If you'd like more information about Northridge Church, you can find us online at mynorthbridge.org.